Hi, fantasy readers. This is Corinne Norton, your fellow book binger, and you are listening to the Finding Fantasy Reads podcast, where you can test out a new fantasy story every single week to find your next favorite author. You'll want to stick around for today's story if you like classic sword and sorcery fantasy with dwarves and elves who despise each other. It's part of a larger anthology called Chronicles of Murstone, and it's written by Richard Fierce, who I happened to meet at the Rave event in Vegas in November. He's an award-winning fantasy author of over 30 books, which have sold over 150,000 copies globally. He lives in northwest Georgia and has three daughters, three grandkids, which I don't believe after meeting him because he looks way too young, plus four huskies and two ferrets. Basically, he has a zoo, but if his crazy zoo is anything like mine, I'm guessing it's also crazy fun. Today's narrator is Peter Franson, host of Christian Geek Central. Stick around to the end or check out today's show notes to see where you can find more from both the author and the narrator, as well as how to enter our giveaway, which ends in two days. For now, please enjoy A Taste of Blood by Richard Fierce. Kieran stepped out of the shadows as the carriage approached. His eyes narrowed against the glare of the rising sun. The transport stopped, and he boarded silently. With limited seating, he was forced to sit beside a large female dwarf. She wore a pendant around her neck, the symbol for one of her gods. Kieran shifted as a spring in the cushion probed him obscenely. He rested his hand over the new bag of gold at his hip half of the payment for the job he'd just taken. The carriage jolted as it began moving. Kieran stared out the dirty window. The buildings they passed were old and abandoned. He hated the village of Thenalian, wanted to be out of it before the dwarves woke and rose from the gutters and the ruins to begin their work day. At least in Valekesh, the nasty little creatures kept themselves hidden. Thenalian was a small village, twenty miles west of the verge in elvish lands. It was one of the only places Kieran knew of where dwarves and elves lived around each other without burying daggers in one another's backs. More often than not. The dwarf leaned toward Kieran, staring out the same window as they passed a small group of elves standing in front of a burnt-out market. One of the elves held a magical ball of fire a bright tongue of blue flame curling up, searching for a target. Kieran fought a wave of nausea and ducked his head, wondering if they were the ones responsible for the dwarf killings or the fire that almost killed him, like it was his fault that the dwarves had been in the same tavern as him. The dwarf beside him held her pendant tighter, fingering the outline of the symbol. Kieran shook his head, hiding his disdain behind an impassive mask. "'Elves!' the woman spat, her face contorting as if tasting her own disgust. "'I hope they all die. The city's better off without them.' "'Have you ever met an elf?' Kieran asked, taking the middle road. The dwarf touched her pendant and moved back into her own space. "'No, and I hope I never do. Only a fool would want anything to do with one of them.' Kieran knew all too well what someone would do to an elf, which was why Kieran kept his ears covered. In Thenalian, 
Most elves and dwarves remained in a drugged or drunken stupor, selling body and soul for the chance to forget. Kieran knew she would not be sympathetic. This dwarf would condemn him as she condemned the hundreds of others who had not been involved in the plucking. In this dwarf's world, the words elf and love could not exist in the same sentence, the same thought, the same breath. Kieran knew it must be a sad existence. Fools and worthless trash they all are, the dwarf continued, rocking in her seat until it creaked. Kieran considered telling her the pendant was useless. He didn't think the dwarf would appreciate a history lesson, so he said nothing, and she let the subject drop. You're holding on to that bag tightly, she stated almost coyly, as if hoping for a handout without having to beg. Yes, I am. The dwarf seemed to realize she wouldn't get anything without pleading, and sat back in her seat to sulk. They fell into silence as the carriage moved on past the void of light that, during the day, was a large garden full of dead flowers. At night, it was a black hole, sucking light and energy from the world around it until even the stars above seemed pale. No one went into the garden at night, unless they were looking for something most people didn't want to find. The dwarves in the rest of the city were civilized for the most part, but in the garden, that chunk of wilderness in the middle of town, they were nothing more than predators, without honor, without humanity. The carriage continued along the nearly deserted street, past taverns patronized by shady types. The carriage slowed as it neared a sparsely populated part of the village. Kieran stood, preparing to leave the ignorant dwarf. She grabbed his arm, obviously preparing to give him some dire warning about this part of the town. Before she could, the pressure of her hand caused Kieran's sleeve to ride down, pulling his cowl loose, exposing his pointed ears. The dwarf pulled her hand away as if scalded, and stared at Kieran, her expressive face registering horror and disgust. Rage uncoiled within Kieran, overshadowing his mild contempt. This dwarf was his enemy now. That prejudice, once broad and laughable, was now aimed directly at Kieran's soul. As if she could know him. As if she could understand the decisions he'd made. As if she were somehow better because her ears weren't pointed. Kieran leaned down in her face, sneering. What's the matter? Never seen an elf before. The dwarf sputtered, finally dumbstruck. The carriage lurched to a halt and Kieran turned, holding his anger in his fist and walking stiffly out into the village. The wind beat against him like the wings of a bird trying desperately to escape the beast that has it pinned. The dark morning sky seemed far away now, like a cloak had been lain across the tops of sharp, angry dwellings that closed in on him from above. He shrugged his shoulders, adjusting to the burden, and as the carriage pulled away, he turned into the darkness. A great fire had ravaged this part of the village. The old stone building that had housed his family for generations was still there, a ghost of its former glory. He stared at it for a long, aching moment, slowly walking past the place. One of the doors hung drunkenly askew, and the odor of smoke still lingered in the air. Where light shone through the broken windows and missing roof, 
he could see black fingers reaching up the walls, their destructive touch caressing the remaining inside, teasing, promising. He hadn't seen the fire, didn't know who, if anyone, had survived. All he knew was that the fire that had killed so many of the elves milling around outside hadn't killed him. If he had survived, maybe someone else had too. He could hope. Hope. The concept seemed so foreign, a foul taste on his lips that knew the pleasures of the present, not thoughts of the future. Hope reeked of the belief that there was something beyond this day, these precious hours. He had given that belief up long ago. Or perhaps not so long. It seemed an eternity, but nothing was forever. If elves could die, then he could remember. He left the boundary of the village and stepped into the woods. He had a job to do. Reminiscing would have to wait. The elves named the valley Tal Elul, the land of death. Most now called it the Verge, and no living being walked there willingly unless they were desperate or insane. Kirin was neither. He was on a mission. He had been hunting the creature for days. Kirin wasn't sure what it was, and neither were his employers. He'd yet to glimpse the thing. It hunted during the night, and it was quick, leaving few clues behind. Something was terrorizing the outlying villages, leaving mauled bodies and terrified peoples in its wake. Kirin had read several reports, and there was little consistency among them. Some described a demon, while others talked about a humanoid figure mounted on a horse. He believed he was closing in on it, whatever it really was. Kneeling beside a slow-moving stream, Kirin cupped his hands and placed them in the water. The cool liquid pooled into his hands and felt good against his skin. He brought his hands to his lips and drank some of the water before splashing the rest onto his face, wiping the sweat and grime away. Although it was autumn, summer clung to the land like a child clung to its mother. It was nearing dusk, and the sun was descending faster than he anticipated. The temperature was beginning to drop. It wouldn't be long now. A panicked squeal resonated from the east. His sensitive ears twitched at the sound. It wasn't an elvish squeal. It was an animal. He stood up and dried his hands on his pant leg. He scanned the area in the direction of the noise. His vision was hampered by tall, thick marsh reeds. The setting sun was casting long shadows on everything and he could only see a few feet ahead. He was a fair distance from the safety of the woods, and he had no time for distractions. Hunting down the creature was his sole task. Besides, he was in the verge, the narrow strip of land between the elvish and dwarven kingdoms. It was a dangerous place. Aside from possibly running into one of the short folk, there were dire creatures afoot. It was likely the squeal he had heard was an unlucky animal being attacked by something sinister. Again, the squeal rang out. Against his better judgment, he drew his sword, a straight, single-edged blade roughly two feet in length, and walked toward the sound. Kieran leaned forward and ducked beneath long strands of foul moss that hung from the lifeless branches of dead trees nearby. In the marsh around him, all sounds of birds and other things suddenly stopped. 
Only the unending swarms of mosquitoes and gnats continued to make their presence known. The annoying bugs hoarded around him, seeking exposed flesh to bite. These he managed to ignore as his full attention was locked ahead. As he pushed his way forward, the reeds began to thin. A terrified squeal sounded. He could hear the animals splashing, and he could hear, too, the sound of a deep, gravelly voice cursing. The reeds parted, and he found himself standing at the edge of a quagmire, roughly twenty feet in diameter. Near the center, a pony floundered, giving an occasional terror-stricken cry. Kieran noticed the form beside the fraught pony. Chest deep, struggling, and cursing, Kieran's eyes narrowed in a sudden rush of hatred. A dwarf! Kieran stepped fully out of the reeds, and the pony stopped its thrashing. The dwarf looked up and locked eyes with Kieran, his eyes narrowing, just as Kieran's own had, at the sight of his hated enemy. Silence ensued. Long, tense moments passed as the two glared at each other, neither willing to speak first. Kieran's emotions churned, his mind in turmoil. Seeing a dwarf in Thenalian was one thing. Seeing a dwarf out here, that was another. He stepped toward a log, and the dwarf spoke. Don't try to help me, elf. I'm capable of getting out of this myself. The word elf was spat as a curse from his mouth. The dwarf continued to glare hostilely from his shadowed eyes. Sheathing his blade, Kieran turned to go. Just as he turned, the pony began to thrash again, snorting and rolling its eyes in terror. Clenching his jaw, Kieran turned back around and grabbed a long tree branch. I refuse to have this animal's blood on my hands, dwarf, Kieran fumed. He leveraged the branch over the bog and dropped the end of it near the dwarf, leaving the other end resting on dry ground. Snorting with disgust, the dwarf grabbed hold of the branch and pulled himself out of the muck and onto the branch, wrapping his legs around it for balance. Finally free, he reached with his short arms to grab the pony's reins. He almost fell back in, but he managed to grab them. Clutching the reins firmly, he used his brute strength to pull the pony toward him. Then the dwarf scooted backwards, reset his legs firmly around the branch, and heaved the pony again. It was a tediously slow process, but finally the dwarf reached dry ground. The pony thrashed free as well. The dwarf stood there, gasping in deep breaths. Kieran couldn't tell what the dwarf looked like beneath the muck and slime. A cloud of insects immediately swarmed both the animal and the dwarf. They smelled terrible. The foul odor of rotten eggs assailed Kieran, and it was all he could do not to vomit. Like all dwarves, this one too was short, standing somewhere between four and five feet. He was thick and looked like he weighed a few hundred pounds. Other than that, Kieran could see no other distinguishable traits. Dusk had fallen into night, and the dwarf was nothing more than a vague silhouette. Kieran stood with his hand on the pommel of his short sword. He stared in loathing at the dwarf. Likewise, the dwarf had retrieved a double-bitted axe and stared contemptuously at the elf. Neither spoke. Suddenly, the pony reared up and squealed. 
The dwarf managed to keep the animal from bolting away by holding on to its reins. Dwarves were known for their strength, and when they plant themselves firmly, it is almost impossible to budge them. Thwack! Thwack! Their stalemate was broken by the sound of arrows hissing through the air, striking the ground and dead trees around them. A chorus of wild howls broke the silence. Kieran ducked down and unslung his bow from his shoulder. In a swift, smooth motion, he knocked an arrow to the string and pulled it back. His eyes darted back and forth among the rustling reeds, but he could see nothing definite in the dark. The dwarf leaped onto the pony's saddle and spoke a word Kieran didn't know. The pony sprinted off. Giving one last look around, Kieran took aim in the direction of the crashing reeds and let his arrow fly. He was rewarded with a wet thud and a cry of alarm and pain. Slinging his bow back onto his shoulder, he sprinted after the dwarf, his feet moving lightly and easily over the slimy terrain. They headed east, going deeper into the swamp. Dark shapes rose before him. He drew his blade and swung at the shadows. His strikes scored clean hits and black blood splattered him. Ahead, he heard the dwarf's battle cry and heard, too, the sound of his axe crushing through bone. Behind them, Kieran could hear the howls of pursuit. He plunged headlong through the thick rushes, passing the cursing dwarf and his pony. Suddenly, he was floundering stomach deep in water. He pressed his way toward the shore. The dwarf galloped up, stopping his mount. Blast it, elf, the dwarf growled. They are closing in and you run as though you are blind. Kieran pulled himself on to dry ground. I didn't have to save your l- Black shafted arrows hissed through the darkness. Follow me, elf. My eyes see better than yours. The dwarf spurred his pony forward, straight into a mob of dark shadows. The dwarf swung his axe mightily, bashing through armor to crush heads. Twisting and turning, the pony zigzagged through the swamp, continuing east. Kieran raced after the pony, unseen arrows whizzing by him. He could not tell what obstacles the pony was dodging, nor did he know why he was following the dwarf in the first place. Here and there he caught glimpses of the dwarf's dark outline atop the pony. To his right, he could hear the howling of enemy voices and the splash of pursuit. Out here, Kieran was at a disadvantage. He had no idea where he was or where he was headed. He couldn't tell the shadows apart from one another. Finally, the moon broke through the clouds. Kieran welcomed the sight of the soft glowing orb. He began to recognize some of the shapes around him gnarled trees, clumps of marsh reeds, among other things. He also began to see the obstacles the dwarf's pony avoided. The increasing light of the moon glistened off surfaces on either side of him. The sounds of the night denizens fell silent as they plodded past, taking up their songs again once they were gone. The howls of their pursuers grew louder and closer. Kieran could make out the splash of running feet, drawing nearer, he prepared himself to veer left or right, guessing the pony would begin to panic. The dwarf remained in control of the animal, and they continued straight. Suddenly, black shapes crashed out of the reeds on either side and intercepted them, swinging wicked blades. For the first time, Kieran saw his enemy. Scourges. They were roughly as tall as dwarves, gray-skinned, yellow-eyed, 
batwing-eared, and their leering mouths displayed pointed and broken teeth. The dwarf spurred his pony onward. There was nowhere else to go but through. Kieran bore down on a group of scourges, slashing wildly with his short sword. He felt something strike his back and penetrate his leather tunic. Something warm and wet ran down his flesh, though whether it was blood or sweat, he didn't know. His blade sheared through the elbow of a scourge grasping at him. The creature howled and clutched at his gushing stump. Two more of them jumped in his way, but he cut them down and broke through the mob of creatures threatening to surround him. Ahead, the dwarf and his pony smashed through another group of scourges, the dwarf's axe awash with dark blood. They continued racing into the night. Twice more in their flight did the scourges threaten to overtake them. Each time the pair charged through, smashing and slashing, scattering the scourges before them. They took several minor wounds themselves, but managed to cross out of the verge and into the dwarven realm of Rockdale. They traveled easterly until well past midnight. Neither one spoke to the other. They stopped at an abandoned keep, an old dwarven fortress that had been long forgotten and disused. They staunched the worst of their wounds, each one standing guard while the other bound his injuries. When they each had finished, they glared at each other. I am exhausted, the dwarf said. Yet I shall take first watch. You sleep now, and I will wake you when it is your turn. Kieran considered the offer, wondering if the dwarf planned to kill him in his sleep. And you suppose I shall just trust you, a dwarf, to watch over me while I sleep? You must be more foolish than you look. The dwarf grunted in agreement, likely thinking the same about the elf. He scratched at his beard in silence before finally muttering, A truce, then? Kieran narrowed his eyebrows. Was this some sort of trick? He couldn't know. He was tired and his muscles were aching. Even if he took first watch himself, he knew he would be fast asleep before long. Daylight was still several hours off. A truce, he consented. Kieran settled himself in a corner with his back pressed against a wall. He laid his weapons next to him within easy reach. Watching the dwarf take a position at the edge of a crumbling wall, he felt the heaviness of sleep overtaking him. Within a few short moments, he was asleep. He woke a few hours later to find the dwarf nudging him with the butt of his axe. "'What's wrong?' Kieran asked. "'Nothing,' the dwarf replied. "'It's your turn to take watch.' Kieran nodded and rose to his feet. His entire body was sore. Grabbing his bow, he slung it over his shoulder and then belted on his sword. He exchanged places with the dwarf. As he stared out across the land, he could see why the dwarf stood watch from this place. Although it was dark, the moon was shining bright enough to see a fair distance in any direction. He begrudgingly gave the dwarf credit. Within a few minutes, the dwarf was snoring soundly behind him. They were such loud creatures. Kieran turned his thoughts to the creature he was hunting. Having to run east and cross into Rochdale was going to delay him most of a day just backtracking. He was confident he would be back on the trail by the end of the day, but the creature could attack more of his people by then. Kieran looked back at the sleeping dwarf. The hatred boiling within him told him to leave the dwarf. What do I owe him, anyway? 
He's a filthy dwarf. His sense of honor was the only thing that kept him from fleeing into the night. After an hour of watching nothing happen, Kieran decided to explore the ruined fortress. It was standard dwarven architecture. Thick walls encircled the main keep, providing a defense against the enemies and the elements. A large portion of the wall where the main gate should have been was now nothing more than rubble. A noise outside the wall caught his attention. Unsheathing his sword, he crept swiftly to the crumbled section of wall. He listened intently and heard the noise again. Something was shuffling around. Gripping the hilt of his blade in a tight grip, he jumped over the wall and came face to face with the dwarf's pony. He sighed in relief. He'd almost forgotten about the animal. The pony stared at him as if to say, What? Kieran spotted a wild blackberry bush growing not far from where the pony was tied up. He stripped a few of the branches of their berries, plucking a few into his mouth. They were a little overripe, but still soft and mostly sweet. He fed a few to the pony and then headed back to his position to continue standing guard. A few hours later, the sun began to peak on the horizon. Kieran was surprised at how quickly the time had passed. He walked over to the dwarf and nudged him with his foot. The dwarf's snoring stopped, but he didn't open his eyes. Dwarf, Kieran said. Wake up. He nudged him again. This time the dwarf opened his eyes. He looked confused for a moment, and then his face took on a look of anger. The sun, the sun is rising. I also found some breakfast. The dwarf rubbed his eyes and got up. The nasty mud from the bog had dried and pieces fell off as he moved. Kieran scrunched his face in disgust. Holding out his hand, he offered the dwarf some of the blackberries he'd found. The dwarf snorted in contempt. You expect me to eat that? I'm not an elf. Kieran shrugged and dropped them into a pouch on his belt. He watched the dwarf stomp away, muttering into his beard. He was ready to be gone from this place, and even further away from the dwarf. Kieran walked to the crumbled wall. The dwarf had retrieved something from the saddle of his pony. As he drew near, Kieran saw it was some sort of meat. This is breakfast, the dwarf said. He held some out to the elf, but Kieran turned away. I don't eat meat, he said. I'm not a barbaric dwarf. I have a name, elf. It's Droken. And I have a name, dwarf. It's Kieran. They stood there in silence, both fuming with hatred at the other. The dwarf finished his meal and ran his hands through his beard, shaking crumbs and dry mud free. Which direction are you headed? Droken asked. West, Kieran answered. Back to my woods. That's where I'm going. Don't think you're traveling with me, elf. What business does a dwarf have in my woods? That's none of your concern. Kieran rested his hand on the hilt of his sword. Don't think you can enter the elvish kingdom without taking an arrow to the chest. If I see your ugly face in my woods, I'll... Thwack! A black feathered arrow struck the dwarf's pony in the neck. A pained gurgling sound escaped the animal's mouth before it crumpled to the ground. Droken's anguished cry broke the spell over Kieran. 
He looked out past the wall and saw a group of familiar figures approaching quickly. Kieran removed his bow from his shoulder and knocked an arrow, taking aim at the front of the group. He released the bowstring. One of the figures dropped to the ground. Angry howls filled the air and Kieran recognized them as the same sounds from the night before. He'd found it odd the scourges had tracked them all the way to the fortress. They weren't smart creatures. Several more arrows skittered against the stone around them. Kieran noticed that Drokin was standing in the open, mourning his fallen mount. He sprinted to the dwarf and tackled him to the ground. Drokin growled in anger. I will not be indebted to you twice, the dwarf shouted. Drokin pushed Kieran off him. Grabbing his axe and a small round shield from the saddle of the dead pony, the dwarf charged toward the approaching scourges. Kieran watched as arrows flitted through the air around the dwarf. He fired several more of his own into the group of scourges, though none of the hits were mortal. He was running low on arrows. Slinging the bow back on his shoulder, he drew his blade and rushed after Drokin. They met the scourges in a clash of steel. The ugly creatures wielded rusted and chipped swords, likely scavenged from those too poor to afford quality weapons. Drokin killed most of them himself. The dwarf had turned his grief into rage, and it fueled his strength. When the scourges were dead, Drokin was covered in blood and entrails. Kieran tried to hide his disgust. They stood in silence, both breathing heavily from exertion. We part ways here, Kieran finally said. Drokin nodded, but didn't say anything. Wiping his blade clean on one of the dead creatures, Kieran sheathed it and headed back towards the verge. Kieran's fears of another attack were justified. He'd crossed back through the verge and stopped at one of the villages on the border, a small place housing only sixty people. Elves and dwarves mingled here like they did in Thenalian, but there was a line that divided the village. The two races respected the imaginary border and remained somewhat friendly with each other. The creature had attacked the night before leaving three dead, one of them a child. Those who claimed to have seen the beast all had varying stories, just like the others. It was surprising that the elves didn't point fingers at their dwarven neighbors. Kieran stared at some tracks in the mud, his arms folded across his chest. He ground his teeth in frustration. He should have been here. If it wasn't for that blasted dwarf, he would have been. As if thinking him into existence, Drokin appeared on the path, heading Kieran's direction. Kieran's hand went to the pommel of his blade. When the dwarf noticed him, he stopped. They stared at one another for a moment. Then Drokin continued walking. He passed Kieran and kept going, headed for the village. Kieran relaxed, but kept his hand near his blade. Forget him, he thought. Taking a deep breath, he began following the tracks. They led northward, away from the village. A short distance from the town, the tracks cut to the left, off the trail. The foliage was particularly dense, but by the way the light was growing ahead, Kieran could tell the trees were thinning. Then he heard a sound other than his own muted footsteps. A baritone voice carried on the wind. Kieran stepped even lighter and hunched down among some shrubbery when he reached the edge of the clearing. Peering through the undergrowth, he saw nothing. The glade was empty. Puzzled, he slowly stood and looked around the woods. He heard the voice pause. 
Kieran stepped into the clearing and felt magic, ancient and powerful, brush his senses. The arcane energy disoriented him for a moment, and then he realized the truth. The clearing had been hidden with magic. As soon as his senses cleared, he saw a massive man sitting astride a horse. Get him, the man said. Then he noticed the scourges. Roughly a dozen of them stood throughout the clearing, and they all rushed him. He drew his sword just as something struck him in the back of the head. He went down hard, his vision swimming. And then several fists pummeled him into oblivion. When Kieran regained consciousness, the sky was dark. His head was pounding, and his right eye felt swollen. A small fire burned in the center of the glade, and he could make out the dark forms of scourges hunched around it. He didn't see the man. Bound hand and foot, he struggled briefly against his bonds before he quickly realized escaping his bonds was futile. There was a rustling in the bushes behind him. Someone was approaching. His heart started drumming in his chest. This is it, he thought. This is how I die. Finally, peace. Fool elf, a gravelly voice whispered. What are you doing here? Kieran turned his head and was surprised to see Drokan bathed in shadows. Drokan, what are you doing here? Hunting, the dwarf said huskily. Drokan displayed his battle axe and ran a finger down the blade. How many are there? I've only seen eight. At least a dozen, plus the man. What man? There was a human. Bare-chested, muscular. I think he's their leader. He might be a wizard, too. A spell was keeping this dell invisible. A human wizard this far east? Drokin's eyes hardened. Why? Cut me loose, Kieran said. Drokin snorted. I don't think so. I kind of enjoy seeing you tied up like a filthy rat. I think I'll just leave you like that for a while. One of the scourges whooped loudly. Kieran looked to the fire. They had spotted the dwarf. The creatures rushed towards them. Drokan shouted a battle cry and met their charge with fury. Kieran tried escaping his bindings again. The ropes cut into the flesh of his wrists, and he could feel warm blood running down his fingers. Drokan made short work of the scourges. Kieran knew the source of his rage, but wondered what had brought the dwarf into elvish territory. A blur of motion swept through the clearing and slammed into Drokan, sending him flying. His arms flailed wildly, and he crashed to the ground in a crumpled heap. Kieran eyed the dwarf's axe. It had fallen a few feet away. His attention was quickly drawn to the figure that stood before the fire. It was no man. An orc, Kieran breathed in shock. The orc towered at least six feet in height. Judging by his muscular girth, Kieran guessed he weighed a few hundred pounds. Every inch of the beast seemed to be made of corded muscle. It had a low forehead and a pig-like face. Large, prominent canines jutted up from its lower jaw. They looked like boar's tusks. Kieran had never seen an orc before, but he had heard stories. They were raiders satisfying their bloodlust by plundering villages and slaying anyone that stood against them. Orcs gathered in tribes. The fact that he was so close to an elven village, and keeping scourges as company, meant that this orc was far from typical. The beast approached slowly, eyeing Drokan's lifeless form. 
As he drew closer, Kieran saw blood on the orc's face and chest. At first, he thought it was injured. Then he saw something disturbing. A chunk of flesh hung from its mouth. Kieran gagged as the realization hit him. The orc wasn't just attacking elves. He was eating them. Drokin groaned. The orc snorted and sprinted to the dwarf's body. Kieran rolled himself over to the axe and rubbed the ropes binding his hands on the blade. He worked furiously, trying to keep from cutting himself. The ropes severed and he sat up, quickly cutting his feet free. He looked around for his sword, but didn't see it. Not as skilled with an axe, he was hesitant to use it, but he didn't have any other options. Hefting the axe with both arms, he charged the orc. The beast turned to face him. It was shaking Drokin like a rag doll. An insane rage was in its eyes. Kieran's resolve wavered momentarily, but then he remembered the bodies. His people slain viciously. A child. Eaten. Kieran swung the axe as he leapt forward. The weight of the foreign weapon threw off his balance and he stumbled, almost driving the axe into Drokin. The orc tossed the dwarf aside and punched Kieran in the face. He reeled backwards and fell on his back. A stick jabbed him painfully. As the beast closed in, Kieran saw Drokin stagger to his feet. The dwarf retrieved his axe, tilted his head until his neck cracked, and then drew back and threw his axe. It spun end over end and struck the orc in its unprotected back. It howled in pain, and blood gushed from the wound. When the orc jerked and spun to face Drokin, the axe dropped to the ground. Kieran got back to his feet and saw something glint in the firelight. His sword. He quickly retrieved it. Beast! he yelled. The orc ignored him. Beast! he called again. Come fight a foe more worthy than a dwarf! The speed of the orc shocked Kieran. It turned and charged him, a look of utter hatred engraved on its visage. Kieran barely got out of the way as the beast thundered past. It turned and came back at him. Kieran was more prepared this time, and he waited until the last moment before thrusting his blade into the gut of the orc. The charging orc barreled into the elf. The larger creature's momentum forced Kieran to the ground and wrenched the sword from his grasp. The orc's legs faltered. It collapsed. Wrist burning, Kieran pressed it to his body protectively and watched the orc for movement. He could see the beast was breathing, but it was shallow. Rising, he walked over to where Drokin stood. They both stared at the orc in silence. Finally, the beast stopped breathing. You saved my life, Kieran said quietly. The dwarf grunted. You saved mine as well. Truce? Kieran asked. Aye, Drokin said. Truce. Kieran slipped through the dilapidated doors of his old family home. He stepped into the great room, full of echoes and ghosts still dancing to music he could hear in his mind a haunting harmony of strange and different songs from across the decades, long even before his people had danced in this room. He had never danced here, but had spent many nights on the balcony above, 
watching his fellows drunk on life and lust. This room had been the heart of the house. He picked his way across the ruined hardwood floor to the massive marble fireplace beside the bar. Not even embers. Of course not. He'd been gone so long, nothing would be left of that night. He leaned against the marble and closed his eyes. What was left for him now? He walked through the public areas of the house to the kitchen. The fire hadn't reached there, and though nothing had been moved or ruined, it was different from how Kieran remembered it, no longer lively and inviting, but instead strangely static, old, unused. Kieran stared out a soot-covered window, watching the populace of Thanalian going about their lives as if nothing had ever happened. He stepped away from the window and removed his shirt. Scar tissue from his own burns twisted and undulated across his back like waves on the ocean. He felt tears and closed his eyes, trying to stop them before he lost control. But he couldn't. Something tore open deep within him, pouring out a pain he couldn't bear. Sobs tore from his throat, and he knelt, resting his forehead on the cold floor. Sometimes it is worse to be left behind. After he had cried all the tears he had left, he rose from the floor and cleaned his face. Taking one last look around the desolate place, he stepped outside to where Drokin waited. They had claimed the bounty for the orc and split it evenly. Do you think that the past will ever be forgotten? Kieran asked. Drokin stroked his beard. No, but that doesn't mean it can't be forgiven. Kieran liked that answer. He nodded once, then turned to the road that led out of the village. Where will you go now? he asked. There's a few scourges out in those woods, Drokin said. Might need to deal with them. Kieran adjusted his sword belt. Well then, let's get to it. I hope you enjoyed listening to A Taste of Blood by Richard Fierce, narrated by Peter Franson of Christian Geek Central. If you want to read more by Richard, go to richardfierce.com to find more of his books. The first book in each of his series is free on all retailers, and he also offers a free ebook for joining his newsletter, so you have lots of opportunities to try more before you buy. If you enjoyed listening to Peter narrate the story, you might also enjoy listening to his podcast, Christian Geek Central where he discusses movies, video games, and all things enjoyed by self-proclaimed geeks from a Christian worldview. This is your last chance to enter this month's giveaway. It closes at midnight on February 29th, and you could win a three-month Audible membership plus four fantasy audiobooks. Be sure to go to findingfantasyreads.com giveaway to enter. If you know of a story that I should feature, whether it's your own or someone else's, I want to hear about it. Check out the contact page on the website where you can find an application form for authors, as well as a contact form for listeners. It's right next to the giveaway form in my menu, so go to FindingFantasyReads.com and kill two birds with one stone. As always, I will have links for all those sites in the show notes. Thank you all for listening, and happy reading. <laughs>